so Andy, I'm really, I'm really mad. No one told me this was a book. Uh, there's no yeah. cliff notes for the book. <laughs> I'm like a book without cliff notes. And growing up, the only book we were allowed to read in the house was the Bible. No book of Boba Fett. <laughs> well, uh, the the chapter um, one title is a biblical reference. So there you go. Yeah. Also a very famous science fiction book, Stranger in a Strange yes. Land. I was actually thinking uh, our, our self-assigned uh, homework has made me a better observer. Somebody said, well, now that you made it homework, don't you think you just made it not enjoyable? And I said, no, no, it is more enjoyable, but it also does at times feel a little like work. <laughs> oh, you know, we did that. But also I question if I would have liked Bad Batch better had I done homework. Ah, uh, interesting. Isn't that an interesting thing to watch? Is like, especially oh, since there's a bad batch reference in this episode. Yes. And I was like, oh, I really should have done homework through all those episodes because I think I would have enjoyed it more to dive deeper into it. Like all the Star Wars, it's better the deeper you dive. Totally, totally. And the Bad Batch, if if folks haven't haven't taken uh taken a risk on that, I feel like the Bad Batch is has become the sort of connective tissue between uh what we're seeing at least what we think we're going to be seeing in Book of Boba Fett uh and what we've seen in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So also I do find it really uh appropriate that of course as nerds, this is a book, and as nerds, we're like, a book, let's do homework. So our homework <laughs> shall begin. <laughs> shows book of boba fett is this the way yes who knows anymore like it's like i'm not we're not getting a new rss feed it's still a mandalorian show it's still breaking down mandalorian things uh i did read the rate and reviews and subscriptions that we got since our last episode oh wow. i do recognize that the cartoons are canon for the comment that asked me that specifically oh interesting okay <laughs> yes. i'm gonna directly talk about the reviews in the episode <laughs> Um, he gave us a good review, but he was also like, I don't think they realize the cartoons are canon. And I was like, I know what canon is. And canon, for anyone who doesn't know, is just anything that we consider real. Yes. Anything that's considered historically accurate in the Star Wars universe. So episode one, called The Stranger in a Strange Land, directed by Robert Rodriguez, who we saw direct episode 14, The Tragedy yes. in Mandalorian, which if you guys remember that, that's the episode where Boba Fett is a badass. Yes, And he fights everybody and we get to see the, the darts out of his knees and all of those great Boba Fett moments came from that episode and that same director directed this episode. Uh, if you're unfamiliar and, with Robert Rodriguez, action well, superstar but, director. I'm sorry. Before, before you go in, I, I think we're going to get Robert Rodriguez the whole way through. So I don't think we're going to get a rotating director uh, chair the way that we have Ooh. in The Mandalorian. So this is just, just as an aside. So so we do want to make sure everyone is familiar with Robert Rodriguez, but I, I mm -hmm. suspect that we're going to get him in. We're going to get seven episodes, all Robert Rodriguez. I was under the impression he was going to do like two and they were going to have a couple other rotate on that. But that is complete speculation of my own head. Yes. Which means zero percent to nerds. Nerds <laughs> don't care about my opinions. They care about facts they can argue with me about. <laughs> And uh, now that means I'm also going to get a link that's like, they already stated this. You don't need to discuss it, uh, which thank you for the links. It's very informative. There's better yeah. ways to say informative things, but I'll take it. Uh, runtime is 39 minutes. Were you happy with said runtime? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I mean, I suspected um, I suspected that we were going to get somewhere in the range of like 50, 55 minutes. 
mm-hmm. and as we kind of move through the arc, maybe I'll, I'll highlight a little bit of that. Um, but just because, uh, so I, I, we don't know why yet, and this is a, so we don't really want to speculate, but we're getting seven episodes. Uh, the seasons in the Mandalorian were eight. Uh, so it makes me kind of wonder why seven. And so I was wondering if one of the episodes was going to be a longer one and we just wouldn't get the two-parter. Um, and that was going to be the way they kind of resolved that. And so my guess was maybe the first one or the last one will be longer. Um, but yeah, so first up or for chapter one, uh, I was okay with the, uh, to be honest, uh, I think they wanted to leave you wanting more. So I'm really looking forward to next yes, week. Yeah, I, um, as somebody who knew they had to do homework on it, was like, just please do one episode. Please don't surprise me with the second episode. <laughs> if they were like, and two hours, and I was like, well, this is my whole day already. It's my yeah. whole day. <laughs> so very happy with the runtime of 39 minutes. I'll take a 38-minute episode next week if it means less homework. Yes. But more action. So we start off in Tatooine at Jabba's Palace. Very familiar. It is where we left off in the last scene, the after credit scene. Yes. It seems like it pretty much started right there. We see Boba Fett in a bath, very similar to the one we saw Luke Skywalker in, where he was healing after his attack. I think that was kind of an excuse to because the Boba Fett actor has lost some weight and he looks good and yeah. he has less scarring. And they're like, no, 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 look, he's put into a lot of this effort and work, but we also didn't make time go back like by. So here we go. He's been taking a bath that makes him look better. Well, and it also, I mean, just a just a little bit of respect for the actor's time. It means he doesn't have to end up in makeup for <laughs> as much. So there could be a highly practical kind of a thing. Uh, and and the back to tank kind of helps with that. Uh, it also um, it also was kind of a, an interesting like it's an interesting connection for like main characters. So yeah. when we have an injured main character, you know, with Luke in Empire, with Vader, at least we got to see Vader in the back to tank um, mm-hmm. in Rogue One. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I thought of it as kind of, it was a it was a helpful device maybe for us. Yeah. Also for me as a Jim Morrison fan, it reminded me of the movie The Doors. Every time they showed Jim Morrison in a bath, they would go into the scenes where he's talking to the Indian in the middle of the desert. Yes. Every time we saw Boba Fett in the bath, it was going into his memory of way back when. And we get his origin <laughs> I, story. I had not I had not made a connection to that, but that is stellar. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is how we get his origin. We get Jim Morrison's origin the same way, except his is 100% psychedelic. And this is 100% just origin. So Boba's in the bath. And then, of course, as we all do when we're in a bath, we think about uh, our slave one ship that we left on a rainy yes. planet where we first <laughs> saw Boba and Django meet during episode two. And then we go straight to Django's death where he holds the helmet that has his dad's head in it, as yes. I also think about in, in baths and showers. <laughs> and then we go to the starlight pit. Oh, did you want to throw something well, about it? Well, no, no. So, okay. So, so the, I thought the commute, so Camino, the Camino, uh, the Camino shot meant more to me after Bad Batch. Just really quick, I want to yes. mention in passing. Um, so I feel like I had a bit more connection to Bat to Camino in Bad Batch, mainly you know seeing seeing sort Correct. of that in that uh, the overall narrative. Uh, it was really cool to see Slave One there, but the that footage apparently of. No spoilers, what? but something major happens there in Bad Batch. Yeah, I was I was I was dancing around that as i was talking yeah, i'm not I, sure if boba knows that or not i really feel like it's more yeah. specifically a reference to episode two 
more so than Bad Batch because to- Boba wasn't there and this is his to- memory. Totally, totally. But what I'm saying is as a viewer, uh, as a viewer, I cared more about that shot. Like that pulled me in as a result of, of that. The other thing is the Geonosis arena shot. Apparently they reshot that. And um, that's not like that. That's not the footage that was in episode two. And and I don't know where this is coming from, from sources, but there are several YouTubers that mentioned that it was new shots. I thought the very interesting part was the way the helmet is being held. You can see through the visor. So, you know, his head is not in in there. I wasn't going to mention something about that. Yeah. I mean, in the, Storyline wise, when you see it theatrically, episode two, you're like, yeah. that head is in there. And yeah. this time they did make a point to be like, no, it's not gruesome. It's just yes. his helmet. So it's symbolic. I do, if they did, it wouldn't shock me if they took different angles from when they shot episode two because it doesn't look computer generated. It's the same kid. Yeah. Uh, I was also just happy to see them bring so much prequel into this. We haven't seen a lot yep. of prequel reference in these TV shows. And this is very prequel already. Yeah, and for then sure. We go to uh of course return of the jedi sarlacc pit where we thought we saw him die where we need answers on why he's not dead so we can actually go through the rest of it i see people complaining already they're like this has already been over in the comic books but it's not been over in a tv series yeah and they need to be like this is why he is not dead and we watch him break out of the sarlacc pit we watch him go in to a stormtrooper's costume and take some of his oxygen i did not realize that they needed uh oxygen as somebody who's worn a stormtrooper helmet, they're not airtight. Well, so the the that's a, an interesting kind of so there's two two things in there. Um, apparently, the original Ralph McQuarrie designs um, were so that the stormtroopers could be in space. Um, but the interesting thing is Finn in um, in Force Awakens. Finn makes a comment while they're with with, with Ray about how the helmets only filter certain things out. And so that does kind of give you this nod that they have some sort of respirator um, in their, in their suits or, or at least uh, first order did. And so, and then that is, I think meant to be part of why the, they sound the way they sound when you hear them talking from under the helmet. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And that, Oh, that's all now, but confirmed in that little short segment. And then we watch him, torch the inside of the sarlacc totally punch through it i was curious if they were going to show more of the sarlacc body yeah uh fun fact for star wars nerds that haven't been to disneyland in the last couple years they show a sarlacc's body and it looks much more mullish than wormish really yeah they have a a di like a diorama of way the way its mouth is so it looks wormy but it goes into like a big moly like doughy body Oh, wow. So you can Google what that looks like. And I wanted to see if they were going to make that canon or not, or if that was just another Disneyland little Easter egg in uh, Galaxy's Edge. Oh, but they did not show that. They did not show the weird mouth that came out of the pit. Yeah, that was added from... in the special edition. Yeah, Exactly. Like special edition still not being happening. You're like, yeah. no, no, we do not acknowledge said special edition. We acknowledge prequel. <laughs> And I kind of like that too. Because it wasn't like there was like the dead mouth or anything. It's like, no, we, we're just not going to deal with it. And he punches his way out. He comes out of the sand, very raising Arizona. Yes, very much so. <laughs> very, that and a little bit of Kill Bill digging out of, uh, out of the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that was a, a pretty stellar way for Boba to be able to be like, and that's how I got out. Yeah, exactly. I almost wanted him to have like a really cool line, but also it's very Boba Fett to say nothing. Yes. 
just to be like, like he Ugh. really yeah he doesn't talk to himself ever he's not really gonna sing to the stars but i appreciated it it looked awesome it looks like a statue people are gonna have in their house that they pay too oh, much money for yes right i hadn't thought about that but the the boba fett hand coming out of the sand that could be oh, yeah. the holiday item for 2022 i would hope so and then we see a damaged barge in the back yes uh, and skips. so it gives us yeah so let's just know that that wasn't cleaned up or any of that sort of yeah. stuff i don't really know it says it's nine years after yavin do you know how long after return of the jedi it was just immediately after return of the jedi that this would have been like immediately after return of the jedi so like yavin i think uh i think empire is i think empire is two or th- or two or four i should know my my bb um or yeah i think it's the same year but i don't know how much time like because it still could have been a week later it could have been a day later it could have been later that night that's really unsure yeah we don't get a good timeline on that um for sure in this but it's in the um, same tax quarter because he survived you know like (laughs) so i'll give him that much uh and then of course we see the jawa show up and take his armor yeah which of course is very important because we know that uh cob vance yep bought the armor off of the jawas yeah he bartered for it or bought or whatever. So how that's, so we now kind of know how Cobb or we know how the Jawas got it in order for them to, to get it to Cobb van. And I yeah. think that was kind of a, there's at least some of us that are like, ah, that was a little bit of a, a bit of closure on, on things. From yeah, that exactly. Side. We did need a little bit of that. And that was a Mandalorian season two, episode one, I believe where we figured all that yep. out. And that's when we finally get to the title screen. Oh, the, Tuscan Raiders do show up and they kind of take him in as a prisoner. And yeah. as they're taking him away as a prisoner, we get to the title sequence where we see Stranger in a Strange Land. We already referenced all of that earlier. Yep. And of course, it's another book, a book referencing a book. <laughs> How now, many books and books are we going to get? Now, I, I would love it if all the chapters were named after sci fi books. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen. I know we don't like to make a lot of predictions, but anyway, I just think it would be pretty I funny. I hope they that for all kinds of books. It's like the self-help book of Boba, you know, yeah. where it's <laughs> nine ways to influence your friends chicken and take soup. over the chicken yeah. soup for the daimyo. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I don't think they're going to have much of a sense of humor in this. No, no, no I don't think so either. <laughs> they didn't go for like any jokes in the show. Um, so we see him tied up now. He's with the Rodan, which you guys would know as uh, Greedo's species. Yeah. It, well, the, the shots of him getting pulled behind the single file, again, bringing back to, you know, fans love the nod to single file line in the Bantha or the Bantha. I said that the, when I was watching it too the first time. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, you got to well, put him single file. Well, I had this kind of moment, right? Where like, so, uh, so like the, like the, the reviewer points out that, you know, we do know the, that the comics and the cartoons uh, or the animated stuff is, uh, is canon. I was, I've been waiting for someone to complain about the fact that the Tuscans uh, approached not in single file, but uh, flank. Yeah, they spread out. They walked yeah. up in single file and then spread out. And I'm like, what yeah. are you doing? That's not Tuscan Raider at all. <laughs> but I, um, but when they do, uh, when they do um, bind him and then bring him along and pull him along, uh, that's a almost a straight shot for shot kind of a thing that you see in Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, yeah. And and then you know that I so I, I, like it was one of those bits of like, okay, we know uh, you know a little nod that like you're gonna get what you expect. And um, and I do feel like that was uh, it gives us a little bit of why Boba what like what happened or I mean led us into like oh uh, this wasn't you know where we thought Boba had been and everything else that's not going to be the case so we're going to get a whole the whole backstory on that 
Yeah, which I do like the Man with No Name series being referenced immediately. Yeah. It's they try they did it on purpose. It's just oh, yeah. so close to what yeah. they're doing. Also, I like that the Bantha was walking after the Tuscan Raiders, so he's also covering their tracks. Yeah, that is uh, that is that's a nice nice touch. I did I had I did see that, but I didn't. Yeah, I was like, ooh. All right, and then I'm gonna have to listen to this whole episode to do this. I lost my place. Chases. Okay. Rodian. So yeah, so we get to the Rodin, and he's it tied up, which we've seen that uh, since episode two. No, the massive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back and do this again. We see where they take him back as a prisoner, and there's like this lizard dog, which at yep. first my mind was like, "Is this a womp rat?" But luckily, the subtitles corrected me immediately. Yep. It's like, no, it's a, it's a massive. How do, is that how you pronounce it? I, I think massive is how, um, how I think they're saying it, but again, massive, you know, I think it's massive. Yeah. Which we first saw in episode two attack of the clones. Yep. So another prequel. And I was like, Ooh, and he, uh, he's able to bring it in, chokes it out a little bit, cuts his rope with the teeth, asks the rodent if he wants out rodent snitches, which is why, why would yeah. a rodent snitch? I thought that they were for sure the sneakiest of them all. I thought he would be down to clown as they say, you know, like, but no, he's he's a snitch. And then he runs off. Tuscan Raiders chase him. And I'm shocked to find out that the Tuscan Raiders, like they try to fight him and they battle him. But very honorably, one at a yeah. time. Was it I duel, thought it was going right? to be like a gang jumping. Yeah. 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 It was like they chose one person to go in and fight the one person. And I was like, oh, I like this. It's like high school. You know, like we all circle around during the fist fight. The two people that have the yeah. problem fight each other out. Well, it's the queen, the too. Um, I think that, you know, like, granted, you know, we don't really have a whole lot of gender representation as far as Tuscans. Mm-hmm. But uh, when Boba arrives, um, we get this idea that, you know, this is more of a nomadic uh, group of Tuscans. They don't have their huts. They've got tents. And there's that sequence where she, we're sort of I think it is she steps out and alongside the chief for that tribe. And so I thought it was really interesting to see that that fight, like you said, to be an yeah. honorable thing. Uh, and then also for Boba to really get his butt kicked by the queen. Uh, yeah. But it, but it was a little bit of like testing out kind of who we have. I, maybe is, is how I kind of saw it, the way that the, the chief was standing back and letting that go. Because um, it was kind of a nod of like he picked her out for who yeah. to go to go uh, fight. Yeah. So. And I was also, every time we see the Tuscan Raiders and their culture, they're much more civilized than we ever give them credit for in the original series. Yeah, for sure. And so I like to watch them just build up whatever that is every time. Yeah. There's more nuance, I think, you know, the, to it. And then we saw that in the Mandalorian. We're seeing it here. Clearly a different kind of, a different kind of way about how, you know, what we saw from chapter nine with, uh, with the with the Tuscans that were assisting Cobanth and, and everything else, but but yeah, so that was I, I think a really cool scene. Also for it to be shot in the dark the way that it was, uh, really cool fight sequence. Yeah, no, they did a really great job because also they could have. It is the desert at night. It could have been pitch black, and they're like, yeah. we're going to find a way to make it feel dark, but we're also going to show you everything because they did put a lot of detail into it. At the end of the fight, we go to Fennec waking up Boba out of the bath. And uh, he's got droid servants that dress him up like he's an emperor. So we're starting yes. to see where he's starting to have some power within Jabba's own palace. And he's got appointments. People are going to come and they're going to pay tribute and they're going to pay him and bribe him. It felt very Sheriff of Nottingham to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I saw the other people compared it to uh, like Goodfellas and other such like cooler things. 
but it's what it is. It's very, it is very um, mafia. Yeah, it is very mafia, but it also has a bit of a nod to kind of how you would handle um, the ruler, a, a conquering ruler, right? So, you know, yeah, you've, if you've moved a into one. a new, yeah, you've moved into a new territory and you're really sort of trying to, to set, set that tone and it's kind of, uh, you know, hey, I'm the, you know, yeah. I'm the new boss here and, uh, you know, kiss the ring, like, you know, you're, you know, the, definitely that kind of angle that's a more modern context for us but you know genghis khan or alexander the great when they go into a particular area uh, not to cross sci-fi lines but this is a little bit of bend the knee uh Mm -hmm. from uh you know in in that regard um and to my comedian friends it's like if there's a new booker at the comedy store how we all come around and kiss his rings for a second (laughs) (laughs) so we have that but with them the droid who's kind of preceding everybody, like welcoming him in, in yes. for their tributes, is a droid that we already knew lived at Jabba's Palace. We saw him there in episode uh, three, or I'm sorry, episode six. Yes. Where he's the, the one that tortured the... He's a smelter droid. droid. Yeah, yeah, he's a smelting droid. And so um, eight, eight D... He's a blue-collar droid. Yeah, he's, he is. He is, for sure. And, you know, the funny thing is that everyone, everyone calls out, you know, that he's this torture droid and clearly he's got uh you know clearly he's got a little bit of a <laughs> a little bit of a dark bend to him but yeah uh, but yeah to see the the i want more of him yeah i do i do too the the, the other thing that's kind of funny in in seeing him trying to be in a, you know like i think we we see droids in the star wars universe be so universally good at other things but this was definitely where we see perhaps 8D88 or 8D8 is uh, is is one dimensional. Uh, <laughs> this is well, not necessarily his role. But also I was like, oh, he's doing the job of a protocol droid. And yes. I was like, did he get some kind of upgrade? I want to know if it's the same robot or if this is just the same model robot. I want to know more. I want him to be a torture droid that later is like, I think <laughs> you should torture. You know, like, oh, that tribute's well, not enough. You know, what we could he, do burn his feet until he uh besides you know he like, does suggest hoping. that with the gamarians right like that was the the that was the kind of nod yeah. and i feel like that was our that's as much as the answer we're gonna get that it, it yeah. is that droid. in this episode for sure but maybe in future episodes I, they can be really fun so we first see the the species i don't know the name of it but it's the guy Aqualish. who's like my friend doesn't like you yeah. like that same species yep. from Aqualish. Eisley. yeah he's got a bunch of jedi tokens so we know that the jedi currency is still good and then we get to one of Bosca's species what's that called the lizard face oh trandoshan and this is a trandoshan i guess is named uh doc strassi which we find out that apparently boba has worked for in the past carrying nice. a wookie pelt as a tribute i uh i, I, I know don't, i don't like that being a big fan of wookies when i saw that i was like there's no way and then i watched it a couple times now and i'm like that's totally a wookie pelt like yep. that is they killed the Wookiee. That is, it's, that sounds cruel. So, it's so, so weird to me. Yeah. Well, just quick backstory, uh, not, not too much, but the Trandosians have a, have an antagonistic rivalry with the, with the Wookiee species. And they oh! have been, they have been enslaving and trading the Wookiees as slaves for the, you know, basically through, through a long period of time. Trandosians as a rite of passage have to kill a Wookiee. Um, and so there, this is like, you know, in like, that's a, for sure nod on, um, on Favreau and, and Filoni and everybody's part yeah. of, of oh my God. that relationship. 
So, I had no idea about that. That's all brilliant. Thank you for yeah. knowing all that. Yeah, that's no, why you're here, Andy. Yep. Do what I can. See that, viewers? Right? Maybe <laughs> subscribe, Andy, on that, huh? <laughs> and then we get a Twilight coming in. And um, the, the Twilight's like empty handed. He's supposed to be there for the mayor. And he's like, oh, sorry, yeah. the mayor couldn't make it. I'm the mayor's guy. Which, what I didn't like about this Twilight is he didn't come off with the same sort of royalty feeling the other Twilights have had in the yeah, past, like a Bib Fortuna. He's smug. Yeah, he comes off like the guy in Veep, you know, where he's yeah. just like this like sassy guy. And you're like, wait, what? He knew when he was walking in that it was going to be sarcastically greeted and he was ready and defensive and playing all of that anyways. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't played out like a Star Wars movie. This is played out like a regular TV show. Um, but he doesn't, he's empty handed. He thinks that Boba should pay the mayor. Boba's like, I don't think so. That's not what we're here for. I'm here yeah. to get bribes. <laughs> And so he was like, all right, mayor's going to come back, which to me is the beginning of what is really the story arc of the season is we're going to find out what the mayor needs this palace to be run like. We're yeah. going to find out all about how Jabba ran the palace so they can work back and forth with each other. It was the mayor of uh, Mos Espa. Yes, Mos Espa. We're going to go into that town here in a second. Yep. But I thought when we went into town, we were going to meet the mayor. Uh, if you're listening this far, spoiler, the mayor's not in the town. And so after well, that, and, we get the. I'm sorry, we, uh, well, no. So, um, so we had all of these shorts um, that you know, like Disney Plus has uh, has released, you know, a, these series of shorts. And so uh, we know that, or we believe, at least from the shorts, that the major domo, this guy, Mock, I don't know how to say his last name, Mock, um, is it S H? something like sh like strazi or something like that he says his name and i should have i should have tried to figure that out i thought about but, writing it down i was like andy will do that yeah yeah so it's his first name is mock i know that for sure um but he is the he's the second in command of the mayor he's major domo i didn't know i had to look that up and we know it's the ithorian that we see in, or we believe that it's the ithorian we see in the previews and ah. and so the Ethereum has that um, that neck thing around it, uh, like mm -hmm. they did in Bad Batch, and uh, and so we and Robert Erg is I think is the one that's voicing um, that that character at least for what we what oh, we cool. we think we know. But yeah, you're right. This is it was ominous. Um, the actor who plays um, the major domo for the mayor apparently is a comedian or a, um, he's an improv guy. And um, so we will, I, I don't think we're going to, this isn't the last of that guy that we're going to see. Oh yeah. Especially, especially with idea. Bobo saying, keep an eye on that guy. Yeah. I thought for sure they're going to just drop the bottom out. He's going to go to the empty rancor pit. I thought so too. Um, I was really like waiting for that to come into play. And they, even in my mind, I was like, oh, but the rancor is dead. But it's also like that body's probably still there. Yeah. Um, that place got a small awful. That's not what the show's about, but that place got a small awful. <laughs> Uh, then they bring in Gregorian guards to be like, what do you want to do with these guys? Which the torture droid is like, kill them, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I like, and I knew that this was going to go. He's like, no, they've been loyal to him and to him. They're going to be loyal to me. And the Gregorian guards are like, good, we need a job anyways in this yeah. market. And so they went ahead and now they work for Boba. Not a problem. And now we head into Mos Espa and I had to look up Mos Espa. We saw yeah. this a bunch in the prequels. It's totally. episode Anakin's, one where we saw Anakin. Yeah. yeah, it's Anakin's hometown. Yeah, it's where he's... For some reason, I didn't assume that was the same town. 
Okay. But yeah, that's where Anakin's yeah. from. So I was like, that's super cool. And then we see some Boston dynamic droids. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. I was like, but those are real and in our time. Yeah. That was like, like the trippiest thing where I saw that. And it really, if you, if you look closely at him, the, you can actually see the yellow of the Boston dynamic on the front of them before they kind of like step aside and then move. Yeah. They just put a thing over. Yeah. It's weird. It was, it would be like if they just put a refrigerator in uncle Owen's house and uh, we use it as a refrigerator and it yeah. still says whirlpool and everything else. And you're like, wait, what? It would clearly yeah. be Kel- Kelvinator. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, exactly. And they were talking <laughs> about how weird it is that he's walking on his own feet. Yeah. He's not Which, being carried. Did we ever see Jabba the Hutt get carried through a town like in any of the cartoons? I think we see not Jabba the Hutt, but one of the huts is carried through in uh, Clone Wars. And so at least in the animated, I think we we have seen something along those lines. And it would be the way that a pharaoh would have been travel would travel from from an Egyptian perspective. Uh, feudal lords in Japan uh, would have traveled that way as well. So, um, and you know, the interesting thing is, you didn't need to see any of that. They sold they sold that well in the way that they were were going through it. But I think we have seen that at least in the previous stu- uh, the previous stuff that we've seen uh, in the Nebraska of the Outer Rim, uh, Tatooine. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for the, the reference to our own podcast on it. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. And then we go into a bar. And of course, this is my biggest happiness out of the whole episode. Yes. Max Rebo. Max Rebo's alive. <laughs> he's alive. He's still playing. It's like he's not even phased by the fact that it seemed like just a couple hours ago he was on a barge that collapsed and killed many people. He's like, yeah, yeah just get my keyboard. I got the next show to go to. <laughs> I got a gig, man. <laughs> yeah and so you're just like this is incredible so he's in there he's playing he's got a new guitar player yeah well is he new? Looks- like i mean he's a biff i mean so he could have been one well, of those the other ones char- are playing like a clarinet i don't know if they like are multiple instrument oh, people or not that's a good point it could be either or you are a guitar player you can see these things yeah that's a good well, that's I was a really good point that it was like a weird space guitar but just sounded like an earth guitar <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Whatever Max Rebo wants to do, I'm in. The bar looks nice. Yeah, it's it all got plants in it, and it's got some upgrades. And I was like, wait, is this the bar from the first Star Wars? No. This revamped? And I was like, no, exactly. I had to look yeah. around and be like, nope, this is just another one that's kind of the same, but nicer. And uh, we got our two droid servers like we did on Jabba's Palace. Totally. And then we got some Twi'leks that walked up to be like, can we clean your helmets? Yeah. And then, yeah, and I was like, wait, and now the manager is a Twi'lek? I was like, these Twi'leks are much more common on this planet than I thought. Because growing up, Twi'leks to me seem to always be slaves in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And now they're getting proper roles. and They're getting proper depictions in these TV shows, and I'm happy to see it. Well, and, and they're a little bit, you know, Ryloth uh, is, is where they're from. If I, you know, not that I know my star, my, my star geography all that well, but, um, yeah. but I do think that is a ways away. So I think you're right to kind of be like, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, what's going on with that? But you know, we the, the bit that we've at least been uh, grief cargo makes some kind of comment about the healing, the twilight healing baths uh, in uh, in season one of Mando. And so, you know, there was a little bit of speculation about whether or not that's what this was going to be. But it's clearly some sort of casino casino bar sort of front. Um, that- yeah, and the dealer was the same kind of droid that was in Star Tours. Yep, RX Disneyland. Series. Yeah, so yeah. it's an RX droid, which I don't know if that's appeared anywhere outside of Disneyland. 
Yeah, that's I believe a... there was one cameo in Clone Wars. Yeah, I there... should have looked that up, but that is. Yeah, and I was like wondering. I was, like, I was waiting for the talk to see if they got Paul Rubens to voice it, or there's DJ Rex that's now in the bar at Disneyland, and I was like, oh, that's cool. They get to throw in some Disneyland reference in there as well, which I always enjoy. And then the, the Twilights come back with the helmet that's full of bribe money, which is very nice of them. Republic I want to know if currency, by the way, or I should say, New Republic currency. Sorry if that's what we're calling it. Yes. Andy. <laughs> and then Boba and Fennec, they go outside and they're attacked by guards. Yes. And these guards, what I find very interesting about them is they have very frequently shields. So they have shields like that are like the shields that they had when they would capture like Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon. So yeah, we know ra- they- I think they're ray shields. Yeah. And so they're defensible against lightsabers, which is pretty incredible. And then they had staffs that also had that electricity, much like they did in The Force Awakens, to battle lightsabers. Yeah. And so it was almost like these riot gear was specifically meant for Jedi's, which of course neither Boba or Fennec are. But they had to deal with two with six people that were trained to fight Jedi's. And the staffs, uh, um, the staffs look a little bit like uh, Grievous's um, General Grievous's guards. Um, just the, like they had double ended yeah. electri- electrified staffs, but these these folks also just designed to fight lightsabers. Yes, I was just going to say. So you're you're spot on, right? Yes, yeah, so I was just like, how many Jedi problems are they having right now? But also super cool to see. I was also just really happy to see those shields in full play. Uh, and Boba's fighting them. He makes one of them just completely explode. <laughs> and then and then he tells Fennec to go capture one alive. What I like about this is uh, she got to the point that she could have captured two and instead just knocked one right off the roof. It was like, he only said one. Yeah, I'm not going to carry any more cargo than I need to. I'll break <laughs> this guy, which I thought was super badass. Yeah. And so I was happy with that. And let's see, we're now back to Boba's bath members. Yes. Well, and, so, and just, just as a quick aside, right? So, so you know, like uh, we we see, or so to a certain extent, Boba should have listened to Fennec uh, because if he was being carried through the streets, he probably wouldn't have been such a easy target. Um, but the, the point that, you know, so we see that Boba has to be rushed back to his back to pod. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of a, an with some an help from the Gamorreans guards. He yeah, did. the Gamorreans were so those Gamorreans did pay off, and you know uh, the Gamorreans, at least from what we've seen in the universe, we know they're supposed to be badasses. It's kind of nice to be able to see them um, save the day and come in because at the point where they come in, there's really no way out for Fennec and uh, in Boba unless Boba were to like you know use the jetpack and go up. Um, so yeah. I thought that that was just like, you know, kind of a, at least kind of a nod that we get to see the Gamorrean sort of save the day. And then, yeah, like which is said, cool. Cause we haven't seen them actually do much real guard work. Yes. We've that, watched them in return of the Jedi, like guard, like just by putting their axes out. Totally. And then we and saw them choked. kind of, yeah, we saw them get like battle for fun in yep. Mandalorian for a second. But this is the first time I've really seen them on the streets doing what they're trained to do. Yeah, and I was happy to see that. Yeah, yeah it was good I to like see. That. Yeah, so we got a uh, the Boba bath memory now is the Tuscan Raiders take Rodan and Boba out to the desert, and they stop and they watch a house kind of get ransacked and caught on fire. Which yeah. at that moment I was like, "Wait, is that Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru? And I was like, "No, these aren't stormtroopers. No, they didn't graffiti the wall like these guys are doing. These uh, also this is nine years later. Yep, it is." And so I was like, okay, interesting. We're just watching something similar happen. Yeah. So let us know that it's not safe here. 
totally. And, and like you said, the, the, the smoke in the distance, um, the same kind of dwelling clearly looks like a moisture farm of some yeah. sort. Um, and then the, those, uh, the, the biker that the, who they ride off on, um, the swoop bikes, those are Nikto's. And at least we've gotten a little bit of teasers of them in the trailers. Uh, I looked and looked and looked because I expected you were going to go, all right, Andy, what's that symbol from? It sure exactly heck, my next question. <laughs> it sure as heck looks like the Assassin's Creed, uh, um, the sort of double, double swiping sort of Sith. I could not find anything related to any of the crime syndicates. So, you know, Ooh. like, and so that's where I went. Um, no, uh, no Easter eggs out there at least have picked up what it is. And that's so exactly what I was looking for when I was watching heavy spoilers is yep. explain this logo to me. Yeah. And so we don't know what that is. I'm hoping that comes around uh, later in the series. Yeah. I so think the it, two things I expect I in the will, future but... is that's going to be answered. And yep. I expect for us to find out more about this mayor. Yes. But Boba goes out and they like the Tuscaner is like, no, look, you're going to dig in the sand to find these like bulbs of water. Yeah. So water is now canon in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> We've always Which, been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been drinking water this whole time. Like if only this could connect to the nerd universe. And now as a Star Wars uh, Disneyland fan, I'm like, can we get our bottles of water at Galaxy's Edge in those bulbs? <laughs> Instead of a Dasani water with Star Wars font, can we just get a big blue bowl that I could just drink the water from? Uh, if Disneyland is listening, which they're not because they're not a person, I would pay up to twenty dollars for it. Up to so twenty dollars. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> if I could refill that water all over the place, oh my god, I would dig in sand for that. And so they do that. the The rodent is very good at it. Boba is not. Yeah. Which is probably the funniest moment. It's the closest to three amigos we have so far to this. <laughs> and. <laughs> And Boba drinks the one he finds. And of course, Tuscan gets mad. And then Thornton's digging so much, he runs across a creature. Yes. I have never seen this kind of creature before in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Uh, it, he looks like Goro from Mortal Kombat. He does look like Goro. He he is, at least from as Wikipedia, as Wikipedia stands today, uh, we're recording this the day that the, the day that uh, Book of Boba Fett chapter one dropped. Uh, it's not identified anywhere. And uh, and Alex from Star Wars explained, basically said an unidentified lizard creature. And if anyone is going to know, you know, that a two or four armed, uh, some sort of strange lizard minotaur sort of yeah. creature, uh, it would be, I think, Alex. They, they do look an awful lot like the Thark um, alien species from uh, John Carpenter. And and so, but it definitely had. Yeah, this, I was like, watching like this is like Clash of the Titans or almost like Sinbad. Yeah, like would, yeah, it's it's a it's a matinee. It was a it was it. I thought it was funny because it looked like a matinee sci-fi um, bad guy, and it had like <laughs> not that I'm trying to work as many Caravan of Courage references into our podcast as possible, but it looks like something that you would expect out of the the sort of production department of Caravan of Courage. And so, yeah. so we don't know, uh, or at this point, we don't know anything yeah, about this. So if in five anything. months you go ahead and send us a Wikipedia link about what this is and that we're stupid, yeah. it's not that we're stupid. It's that's written now. Or if you can deliver it in the next 48 hours, <laughs> I'll admit we're stupid on the next episode. <laughs> the thing I thought was funny about this is 
Favreau and Filoni talk about the idea that, you know, this is them telling stories with their action figures and like busting out their action figures from the Darth Vader helmet and playing along. I yeah, feel exactly. like this Goro looking character is from like another sci-fi universe that just kind of got like dropped into this story. Uh, and so maybe that's part of what they're going for. But they we get this creature and now we're in trouble. The great thing about these guys is they could have pulled it from concept art that was just stricken from the record in the like the 70s totally. or 80s. Totally. Uh, I would love to know if it was developed for the show or if it came from anywhere else. Either way, very fun to watch. He used his middle arms as legs at one point. It was interchangeable. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I like this critter. Um, is he too big to be called a critter? I don't know. <laughs> and so they, they used the chains that they were used for their own slavery and they put it over their neck and choked it very much like princess leia and yeah, jobber sure. oh that's definitely a reference to that they killed it just like that and i was like oh good for them i like that it's silent it's for the us and uh and then they returned back with the head severed i wish you would have watched that head get severed yes because they don't have a blade what are they doing are they just using the chain back and forth until they take the head off the body I would like to know too. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, that had to take some work. And you know yeah. that that kid didn't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And like in the, the Tusker Raiders, also small. So you're just like, there is something that we need more on that. But it's also not bloody. It's yeah. like, no, we just have the head. And so we took it off the puppet. And <laughs> he was very proud and he was welcomed like a hero. And then very much i think a great way to end the episode they give boba water and they're like here like so he's not an enemy to them anymore not totally welcomed but definitely on the steps of being welcomed also not getting the credit he deserves but also silently getting some credit yes so and i thought that was a good way to end it i'm sorry go ahead well i was gonna say that the funny thing and it, and maybe i'm reaching uh but i feel like this i think it was chapter uh i think it was chapter five of season one where uh, Toru Kalakin uh, drafts uh, Din to help him out, uh, and that's where we see that's where we meet Fennec, um, and and so it was like that kind of thing where Din's trying or like Din is the one who's actually going to get the you know get the bounty, but Toru is going to take credit for it. The yeah. you know the kid is is taking credit for this, but you know the the chief knows that Boba's the one that went ahead and did this, and so that there was a little bit of a parallel there in that you know kind of that or or it's a bit of a rite of passage but i do think that it was an interesting way for us to to close the loop on uh on the actual episode yeah that's going to be the end of our explaining the references andy what did you think of the show i thought it was great and i was like i i was a little preoccupied with the fact that I was like, oh man, is is this going to be like the Book of Boba Fett version of the Cobb Vanth episode? And we're going to end up not, you know, like we're going to fight about uh, about this because I realize that I'm like a huge Star Wars mark. And so like you give me anything and it's like, you know, above Attack of the Clones quality, I'm going to be excited. So I thought it was great. I'm so excited to hear that you don't like it. It is great. I had a good time. I enjoyed it if we look at it compared to other pilots of TV shows, it didn't give us any of the stakes. Yeah. He has no stakes yet that we know that transfer over from one to the next. So it is a great episode three. It is not a great pilot. Yeah. But I think it's like an eight out of 10 uh, severed heads. You know, like it's a fun episode. 
We're doing it, having a good time with it. It's just not a great pilot. Yeah. And people are really freaking out as if they're like, we're given some real trash. And I was like, no, this is a great Star Wars episode. It just didn't put us into what are the stakes for the next episode, which yeah. Mandalorian did immediately. We ended with the, like a baby Yoda. And we're like, wait, what? And we had this big talking point the whole time. I think they know they have their audience and they don't need to do that. They can yep. unfold it as they want to. And good for them. Yeah. Well, there's, and this is a bit of how season two started for Mandalorian, right? And that was why, that was why I was a little bit, I was like, oh man. I did. So little trepidation here. Like, this yeah. is like the Cobb Vanth episode. Yeah. But the Cobb Vanth episode ended up rolling around to being good. And it's the same storytellers. And I trust them. Yeah, totally. But I think that like you're you're hedging in a direction which is is uh, there's no way this is the first episode for a Disney Plus series if Mandalorian doesn't exist prior. So like exactly, and that, and I think that's really what you're calling out is the this idea. And we have you know we have the under the helmet uh, you know 22 minutes of you know Boba Fett fandom. Um, you know you kind of have an idea that they know they know that boba fett basically basically created or they everyone knows boba fett and if they don't know him the interesting thing is that this is a blank canvas that they're going to be able to paint onto and so i feel they like do, but there needs to be stakes to the character to owning totally, this thing totally it's almost like when you do a spin off of a successful show yeah even though like we had joey after friends we don't know why we care about joey outside of the friends no, it, and that we kind of got the same thing with Boba Fett. We're like, okay, he's got a palace now, and there's a mayor that's coming. But I don't know if anyone could take that away from him. Is it being threatened? Is he does he have a bigger plan with this? Yeah, none of those are answered yet. The stakes for me, uh, but again, I am searching and reaching, and I'm calling that mm-hmm. out. The stakes for me are Boba Fett's health. Um, now, I don't think that's actually potentially where they're going to go, but at least from if you were to just go off of what we saw in chapter one, it's like, is Boba Fett up to, from a health perspective, mm-hmm. being able to handle what, you know, what's going on? And so my thought, but I don't want to go too far in speculation, is that this this episode is hopefully going to set us up for a proper arc and we're not going to see the we're not going to see the sort of one-off chapters that mm-hmm. we saw in the mandalorian um you know we're not going to see you know frog lady and mando get stuck on ice planet um you know the that sort of a um where it's a one-off chapter i'm hoping that this is going to try to be like okay we all know you got boba fett questions so here we go and i want to and- see if it's all seven episodes to have the two separate timelines where we watch his origin just repeatedly drag itself out further and further I'm hoping that is not the case. What I'm hoping this, this episode was, was the, before I can tell you the, the chapters two through uh, seven, I have to explain how Boba Fett got here. Uh, I have to explain these sort of, these sort of different pieces, right? Because I think we're going to get that every episode. And I think we're going to see how Tuscan Raiders, and we're going to have a whole lot of Tuscan Raiders questions answered. And we're going to have a big understanding of them by the end of this show. That's my prediction. People could not like, I will, I will. I mean, I, I, like you said, I trust, trust you might the get to the point where there's different Tuscan Raider action figures and we're like, know their names and stuff. Like we did with the Ewoks. <laughs> I, I really don't think that's where we're headed, but I, th- I think that's where we're headed. Okay. 
I, I, Andy's making a face like Anakin where he just hates them and wants to kill the whole village. Oh, it's like sand. It gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so I Andy, thought it was eight. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was eight gallons of Bacta. Uh, gross. <laughs> Don't breathe it in. It tells your origin. All right, Andy, I have to ask because it's the name of the show and it's, I don't know how much it means in this uh, Book of Boba series yet. Is this the way? I'm not sure, but I could take you as far as Anchorhead. I'll take that as a reference. Sure. 